0: I'm Claire Billingsley, host of Coffee with Claire. And today we are going to talk with Dr. Edward Llewellyn about professional relationships and professional development. Now we all want to have great relationships at work and we all want to do our very best. However, we can get in our own way. So join us as we learn from Dr. Edward Llewellyn how to get out of our way and get into that space of being very professional and being happy at work. Welcome back Dr. Ed. We're so glad to have you here again on Coffee with Claire.
1: Claire, I tell you what, every time I get to come back, I'm just more (laughs) excited to get to share information with you and your audience. And so it's a real privilege to be here.
0: Well, we, we are really excited to have you here today because previously we have talked about weight loss, we've talked about healthy lifestyle, we've talked about financial security, personal relationships, and today we are going to talk about professional relationships and professional development. And each one of these conversations has always had intertwined among it the core identity conversation. And so we'll want to make sure that we are reminding the audience briefly about what our core identity is, just in case they hadn't seen any of our previous episodes. So let's start with that.
1: All right, so most people, because they play so many roles in life, Become those roles; they become what they do instead of who they are. And so, if they're a husband, a father, a son, a mother, a daughter, a wife, uh, an athlete, any any of the roles that they play in life, mm-hmm. sometimes those become so consuming that they forget who they are. Right. And so, it's many times like uh, I've seen this, especially in case of professional women who are uh, business professionals mm-hmm. and their mothers. They get so consumed in their roles. That uh, When they have some downtime, they all of a sudden realize they've lost who they are.
0: Yeah And so that's what we mean by core identity is is who you are as a person not necessarily how you show up So um, one of the most important professional relationships that you can have is with your boss right sure. and so and we all want our boss to like and respect us and and appreciate us but sometimes like we've learned in previous segments of high-impact living sometimes we let old relationship habits map into new relationships right, right. and so you know sometimes it's a build-up in our mind right you know it's like if the boss looks at it one time you know and it's a really mean glance and it that wasn't even meant for you we take it personally so um you know all or nothing in a boss you know worker relationship really doesn't work for us
1: no it doesn't it doesn't for anybody
0: so um let's talk about um, specifically salespeople and their direct reports and and how that relationship works okay
1: and, and as you know claire i've worked with a lot of sales helping mm-hmm. them increase their sales also, sales managers, and what I see is the dynamics between the two. It's it's, a, it's almost constant. Where I see this this dynamic of uh, here's we have the boss, mm-hmm. and then we have the employee, the salesperson, and there's always that dynamic of somewhat of a fear based relationship. Because there's, you know, that, that person has some power over whether they have a job or not, right. their performance, mm-hmm. how, much, how many resources are made available to them. So many things that the boss uh, has that power and control over them. So many times what happens is, like you just said, they get maybe they're standing in the hallway and the boss and a couple other people are talking and the boss looks over at them and they get a mean or a stern look and they go they immediately what imputed it. <laughs> yeah they immediately it to themselves saying yeah they they, they were looking at me uh-huh. with that bad look
0: mm-hmm. that and means they don't like me
1: that's right that's right and because that becomes a belief now the mind looks for ways to support that belief so now when they read mm-hmm. an email yep, they find that the words that otherwise could have been taken one way are now taken negatively Mm -hmm. because they already have this belief that the boss doesn't like them they get a text they get a phone call all those things start to aggregate and as they aggregate it just becomes more and more of a truism that they and their boss are at odds
0: yeah because they're like justifying inside of their brain that yeah, this see this this shows that he doesn't like me and the way he worded that email shows that, you know, he's mad at me or he scrutinizes me more than he does the other workers in, in the office or the department or whatever. So okay. um, and I know that you work with people all the time on a specific technique that helps them kinda of get over that. So would you mind explaining just a, a brief way of
1: Sure. So and this relates kinda of to what some of the things that you do. You do the laughter yoga, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, in the brain, there's there's 12 cranial nerves, and four of those, well, eight of those are related to fight or flight. Okay. So survival mode. Mm-hmm. Four of them are related to what what's called at ease. So you know being relaxed. And one of the main ones is what's called the vagus nerve. And the vagus nerve, uh, well, n- n- the other three nerves are related to the eyes, the ears, and, and the mouth. Okay. So what's fascinating is, is that when you change the way you, whether you're smiling or not smiling, can actually affect the vagus nerve. Okay. And change the way you feel all the way into your stomach. Wow. And so when a person can laugh at something, it changes their whole perspective, their whole feeling from the inside out about something. So here's the technique. It's an NLP or neuro-linguistic programming technique. hmm It's called the fast uh, phobia removal, and
0: fast phobia (coughs) (coughs) removal. I say that ten times.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if you have a fear, then this really this works really well. Okay. And and I'm just going to go through just the 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 high points of Mm -hmm. it. But basically, you start off. You're sitting in a movie theater.
0: Okay, so we got the screen.
1: Yep. So you have the screen up there, but you're also in the projector booth watching yourself watch the movie. Okay. Now what this does, it creates what's called a double dissociation, so that you don't feel the emotional impact. Okay. So you start off, you've got a small 12-inch black and white TV, and uh, what I ask people to do is create, or, or to think of the worst case scenario that they've had with their boss. Okay. So maybe it was they were being threatened to be terminated, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Five minutes before that happened, they were safe. Somewhere around twenty to thirty minutes or so afterwards they were safe again. Okay. So I asked them to find those two spots.
0: Okay. Got the bookends.
1: So now I ask them play that scenario on that twelve inch black and white TV forward in less than five seconds that entire scenario. Okay. And so they play it forward with the sound on, again it's black and white, and they and they stop when they're safe again. Now I ask them to now look at it as if it's a big IMAX screen, full color, uh, loud sounds, but this time their boss has a bozo clown nose, (laughs) bozo suit on, squirty flower, talking backwards in Daffy Duck's voice.
0: Oh, (laughs)
1: okay. (laughs) And they play the scene backwards. That makes
0: me laugh just thinking about it.
1: (laughs) They play backwards in less than five seconds uh, with Circus music playing. So, boom. That's it. And they stop when they're safe again. Basically, what I do is I take them through that scenario with with different variations about five or
0: six times. Okay.
1: And then the last time when they're running it backwards, I ask them to do one of two things with it. Either cast it off into the sun where it completely is burned up by the sun, Mm -hmm. or just let it run off into white nothingness. When they're done, they have that same reaction you just had, which is, they can't think about their boss without laughing. Yeah. And so all of a sudden, now when they get a text, an email, a phone call, you know, any personal interaction, uh, it, it has no effect. In fact, I always have to warn them look, just control yourself because...
0: Yeah, you don't want to laugh at the boss in front of their face. That's it. That's <laughs> you're in trouble, then you will you'll be on the bad <laughs> list.
1: <laughs> and, and just like you've experienced with laughter yoga, what this does, it changes the whole dynamics oh, of yeah. the body it and the mind. It releases
0: endorphins and uh, yeah, oxytocin.
1: And now they can have these interactions with their boss and become more productive and it cha- again, it changes the dynamics between them and their boss. Yeah. So it becomes much more. Yeah, positive.
0: and I'm sure the boss senses this too. It's like, hey, there's a change in Bill. I wonder what's going on that's with that. It. You know, but they don't stop to think what it is. They're just really happy that the changes happen so they can be productive and move forward. And,
1: and you know, that's something Victor Frankel said many years ago. Was that if you can't change your circumstances, you
0: have to change yourself. Yeah, because that's the only thing you control, right? That's it. Yeah, you can't, can't control anybody else, but. Um, well, you know, th- that was a really short uh, version of what Dr. Ed walks people through. If you're interested in learning more about it, you can always contact Ed at ed. trans-think.com for more information. Um, so now, Dr. Ed, let's transition <coughs> into professional development. I feel like that I've been a student of professional development my entire career. I mean, I have read every book. I've taken so many classes. And, um, you know, I, I really wanted to take all of that and help people become really good at their job. And I wanted them to enjoy what they were doing when we were working together. Sure. Um, but, you know, y- you never get it exactly right. It's, it's tough being a leader. So, um, you know, one of the things that you say in in the chapter of your book covering this topic states, do you enjoy your career, your job, or your business? And you have some pretty interesting statistics that I'd like for you to share with, with the audience.
1: It's amazing. In fact, it's staggering. that 70% of people are unhappy in their job. Yeah. That's amazing. 70%. So, you know, it doesn't... It leaves you without wondering about, you know, why is employee engagement, why is culture, you know, why are those things such hot topics? And it's because people are just unhappy in their jobs. The other statistic is is that seventy two percent of people are not in the job they went to college for.
0: I'm not. <laughs> so I went to school to teach elementary school.
1: <laughs> so people, you know, they, they probably mom and dad said, "Hey, we want you to be an attorney. We want you to be." You know a teacher we want you to be this that and so they went on that path mm-hmm. and it's staggering to me too to think about uh, I attended a job fair for junior high students and they expected these kids to already have figured out their career path when they're in junior high
0: Wow I'm glad I didn't follow that career path.
1: <laughs> so 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 people are really unhappy and as we talked about before with the core identity right so much of the time if this is their core identity this is their job you know, it's at least like this, if not like this. So they can't ha- can't be happy.
0: Yeah, and you tell a story about um, a client of yours named Bill that yeah. kind of illustrates this whole kind of scenario. So in a, maybe a couple of minutes, can you just kind of sure. describe it to our audience?
1: So Bill came to me because he was in career transition. He came to me showing me the last four jobs he had. Each job was only for about two years long. Uh, he was a CIO, CTO in companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, he then brought to me the five top jobs that his recruiting company had said that they wanted him to apply for. Okay. And the first one he showed me, he immediately dismissed it, said, I don't want to do this one because I'm an introvert. And so I asked him, how do you know? He says, well, they gave me an assessment. They told me I'm an introvert. Okay, so how else do you know? And so he went through this whole scenario about how he's always kind of the wallflower when he and his wife are out and all that kind of thing.
0: Oh, you know how us women are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So then he went on to describe the other jobs, and they were all like the previous jobs he'd only spent two years at. His goal was to find a job he could finish his career out. Sure. So we talked more about this other job and him supposedly being an introvert. And so as I talked with him, come to find out what had happened in his life was that around eight years old or so his dad put him in different sports
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think the intention was good but at the e- end of every game every every time they were practicing mm-hmm. he would stand him in front of the team and berate him Aww, tell him how much he, how much better he could have done yeah. how he wasn't working hard enough.
0: Your best isn't good enough.
1: and so why would a person want to be in front of people if that's the experience they always have. Sure, sure. So in my work with him, I was able to help him to uh, release those emotions or release that attachment that he had to his dad saying those things to him and actually became an extrovert. Uh, So And and he ended up taking this job. uh, It's actually with a a, a global company uh, as their CTO.
0: So he really was able to identify what specific incident had um, made him feel that way and then get through it.
1: Yeah, and, and so that's what happens with so many people. They We become what our experiences have caused us to be rather than who we really are. Yeah. Again, that circles right back around to core identity. And that is such a freeing and such an empowering thing for people to have because it, it literally can change their life to empower them to, like like in Bill's case, you know, to reach out to you know, here with a global company being a CTO versus, you know, staying with some you know, there's nothing against the local companies, but you know, a smaller local company, which in two years he's gonna be gone again
0: anyway. Right. So, um, Dr. Ed, you make a profound statement in your book and you follow it with some questions that I'd like to share with our audience. And the, the statement is, if you're not happy and you don't find satisfaction in your career, you may have a similar problem like Bill to deal with. And so ask yourself these four questions. Do I have a hard time getting excited and passionate about my career? Do I believe strongly in TGIF, thank God it's Friday? Is my compensation package the only thing that keeps me at my job? And suppose you could have the perfect job for you, the one that exists in your dreams. Is your current job like that? And I think that if we would all really consider that, you know, we could figure out where we're really supposed to be. Because really, the reason that 70% of people, they're in a job that they don't like is that they weren't aligned with their core identity. Right. Yeah. So, Dr. Ed, thank you so much for all of your wisdom. We are so excited to have you here with Coffee with Claire and talking about high-impact living.
1: Thank you, Claire. I appreciate it.
0: So today, Dr. Ed is going to talk to us specifically about goal setting and how important it is to, when we're doing our goals, to be able to get a lot more than just them written down so dr ed tell us a little bit about writing goals and uh, really embodying our goals
1: okay you know there's so much information about that. there's what's called smart goals and you all these things mm-hmm. and, you know there's there's some truth to to all those things and whether you're setting goals at the beginning of a year to accomplish by the end of the year or beginning of the day to accomplish by the end of the day the things that are really important is is to actually Change your mind, transition your mind, and transform it so that it's very accepting of those goals, and already achie- feels like it's achieved those goals. Okay. So that, and I think that's what's missing from so many of the goal setting programs that I've seen. Is you know, for instance, if you're my boss, you come in, you tell me, Ed, give me your top ten goals for the year, and I sit there and I go, ah, whatever, you know, uh, and I write them down. Or put them, you know, in the word, word uh, document, and I send them off to mm-hmm. you. They're almost meaningless.
0: And and I I just want to add that I think that even more meaningless is when your boss gives you your goals. Sure. Because they're not even yours. They're somebody else's. That they're just saying, hey, this is what you need to do.
1: Right. Right. And one of the key elements that those are missing is that internal motivation. Yeah. What's driving you personally to want to achieve those goals? Sure. So one of the first things I think is important is some of the studies I've seen done as far as like, should you use a computer and a Word document or should you write them down on a piece of paper?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: At least what, what I've studied, actually the kinesthetic part, the, you know, the physical right. writing them down mm-hmm. is more powerful to the mind than sitting there at a, at a Word document and putting them in with a computer. Yeah. So that's one thing that I, would, that I encourage sense. people to do is you know write them down yourself. Okay. Use your use your hand, pen, paper, and, and write those down. Um, as you write those down, the what meaning do those goals really have for you? Okay. That will help internalize it. And then projecting yourself into the future as if you've already achieved those.
0: Okay, so visualization.
1: Yep. Okay. Visualization. And more than just, wow, I've got, you know, I've got a bank account that's got a million dollars in it. More than that, it's, it's more, what is life going to be like when you have that million dollars? Mm-hmm. So you know, are, do you have that Maserati uh, that you're driving around that says, I work for this? Uh, do you, you know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll work for Maserati. <laughs> <laughs> do you,
1: you know, it, 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 it's the ability to afford the things in life that you really want to have. It's, money is never the end object. It's, it's right. what the money can do for you. And it's different for every person
0: and you've got a, a technique that you also work with your clients on called anchoring yes and so how do, how do we anchor that that idea
1: so what I encourage my clients to do is again fully live the moment you're there you have whatever it is a million ten million fifty million dollars in your you're there living that life and at the height of living that, when you feel those emotions, you feel your heart stirred, you feel the adrenaline rushing. Got it. Absolutely, it's, it's, right. it's yours, you own it. At that point, you can do what's called anchoring, which is very simply, <clears throat> do something that you don't normally do. So if you normally do like this, the fidget, you probably don't want to do that because that's somewhat meaningless now. Okay. But you would take, and let's say you don't normally stand there and tap on your finger three times. so at the height of that feeling tap three times and Mm -hmm. anchor it okay so that every time you tap three times on that finger boom it just automatic all that those feelings come back all the emotions all the sensations all the thoughts the memories in fact I call those future memories because you've already created them, you've already been there and you bring back with you to this very time and this point in time those feelings thoughts emotions and beliefs
0: and so whenever you're you're tapping your finger what does that do
1: it's again it's a kinesthetic action so it it,
0: it,
1: it just it 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 causes well it's just like um, someone that you you love and maybe they touch you in a certain ways for instance they touch you on the shoulder Mm -hmm. and every time they've touched you on the shoulder you get a certain feeling it's the same thing so you associate that touch with those emotions, those feelings, beliefs and thoughts.
0: So, you want to write down your goals, you want to envision yourself in the future, achieving those goals or have already achieved those goals and then anchor. Yep. All right, well thank you Dr. Ed, we appreciate your, your help with us in understanding how to best set our goals.
2: Thank you, Claire. I have to tell you, it's such an honor and privilege to know Claire. Billingslake. And to be on her show was absolutely fantastic. I do business and life coaching and I do motivational speaking. So to be with someone like Claire is not only a privilege and an honor but an absolute blessing. I was able to be on her show and do a program. And I can just tell you a few, few weeks later that I had calls requesting and even asking me to go speak at their group. So again, Thank you, Claire, for everything that you're doing. Thank you for having the vision and the innovation and the creativity to do this fantastic program. If you haven't been on her show, I would absolutely suggest and highly recommend that you would call and get on her agenda. And if you haven't watched it, I would encourage you to sit down and go through several different episodes and you'll find out how amazing Claire Billingsley is, and what a great friend she is as well.
0: Okay, so here are the top 10 things that I learned about professional relationships and professional development. Number 10 personal and professional relationships have the same starting place in our minds. Number 9 it's not productive to have an all or nothing approach in any relationship. Number 8 Our interpretations of what someone meant by a look or saying a phrase may be completely inaccurate. Number seven, if you learn to laugh at the person you're having negative thoughts about, it can make you feel better and it won't hurt the other person. Number six, sadly, 70% of people in the workforce do not like their jobs. Number five, 72% of the people who have graduated from college are not even in the field for which they attended college. Number four, understanding your core identity can help you choose a career path that is fulfilling for you. Number three, it is possible to have your dream job, but you must be willing to let go of old patterns and actually follow your dream. Number two, there are great techniques that we can learn to help us through some of these ingrained identities or belief systems we have developed in our lifetime. And number one... Just because someone else told you that you can't do something doesn't mean it's true. Thank you so much for watching Coffee with Claire. Again, my name is Claire Billingsley. We are so excited to have you here. Watch us on WBTVN.tv as well as Apple TV, Roku, and other Internet TV carriers. And as always, remember, follow the fun. See you next time.